I want to welcome you all to the procurement podcast with Enim Ado. Today we have on our show Mr. Isen Ojo, who will be speaking about the evolution of procurement. And before I welcome him to the show, I would like to talk a bit about who Mr. Ifenyu Ojo is. Mr. Ifenyu Ojo is an accomplished procurement and supply chain professional who has over a decade experience. He has worked through different companies. He began his education in engineering in Anambra State University. And he has worked in several companies. Mr. Ifenyu Ojo has had a lot of certification in procurement. He has a Prince II Foundation certificate. He has a SIPS certificate and he has backgrounds in digital change in procurement. That is in machine learning, AI. He also had some in blockchain. So he is a man who has a vast understanding in digital procurement and how it helps boost and make the procurement processes seamless without any difficulty and helps bring value for institutions. So without wasting my time, I would like to introduce our guest speaker. Mr. Ifeni Ojo, you are only welcome to our show, Mr. Ifeni. Mr. Joseph, thanks. That was a long introduction. Uh, I would have just been okay with my name, uh, <laughs> but thanks for the opportunity to, um, you know, interact with you uh, through this podcast. Um, it's also wonderful to be discussing a topic that I think um, will be very beneficial to the procurement community. You know, it's very important to understand history about your profession. Uh, hence, discussing about the evolution of procurement is really very relevant. Um, as we all know, throughout history, the need to acquire goods and services through formal transaction processes is well documented. Um, the relevant of procurement practice you know, has been evolving over the years. Um, it dates back to the late 18th century, but I will not bore us with um, what happened at that far end. But in the early 19, uh, 19th century, there were a couple of publications around the procurement of materials and product shortage, you know, through the world, Second World War. And I think that was when procurement became imminent. However, in discussing the evolution of procurement, I would uh, put it into four different quadrants. And before I go on to discuss this quadrant, the question that you need to answer as a procurement professional or as an organization that has a procurement function is which of the quadrants do you or your organization belong to? Because it's important for uh, you to understand the quadrant you belong to so that you will know how to evolve uh, forward. Um, I will start from the first quadrant, which I call the legacy procurement. You know, the legacy procurement is basically the traditional procurement that is 100% manual, that doesn't have any form of automation, and that actually is considered as a back office. You know, they, they look at them like just administrative support staff that just collect invoice from uh, vendors and uh, process payment. You know, they look at them like the regular clerk. So th that is the legacy uh, procurement. Uh, we also have the evolution into the early uh, 1980s, where strategic procurement has now um, started gaining relevance. 
in in the in the 1980s we saw that there were a lot of you know increase in globalization which led to streamlined approach to procurement that focuses on a more effective method for sourcing for goods and services and then it also started to give some relevance to you know strategic relationship with uh, third party vendors in, in this quadrant also, we saw some introduction of ERP system, enterprise resource planning system. Though these ERP systems are predominantly standalone, what it means is that you may have the system that is helping to raise purchase order, but the requisition system, the way you request for goods and services from your vendor are also manual or they are in a different system and these systems are not integratable at all and they don't talk to each other. Uh, in this quadrant, you have little or no visibility to the activities of your suppliers. And um, going over to the third quadrant, which is the quadrant that has to deal with e-procurement. Now on that e-procurement quadrant, we have seen a more um, automation that tries to tie one or two uh, related system on that procurement. Maybe the account payables and the purchase order processing system can now interact with each other, but it is not 100% um, unified. That means there is still some level of manual works that are done. Maybe you send out your RFP via email, you receive vendors put via email, and then you to the vendor. Um, and of course, invoices are submitted through email, and then someone have to manually scan it. And this this um, is also very prone to error. Um, in this in this uh, quadrant I mentioned, you also have some um, experimentation with category management strategies with having to have a look at a supplier relationship management approach to how you deal with your suppliers. Now, the fourth quadrant, which is the integrated digital procurement quadrant. Under this quadrant, there is an end-to-end -end automation of the procurement process. And the automation is not just through leveraging the legacy ERP that you have today. It is an automation that leverages disruptive and emerging technologies such as artificial intelligence, cloud computing, blockchain technology, robotics process automation, internet of things, you know, all systems connected together through a unified platform. And there is a movement from the siloed system to a unified system uh, for source to pay um, approaches to how they source for goods and services. One thing that is very key is for an organization, it's important for an organization to assess their capabilities um, assess the, the maturity state to know which of these quadrants they belong to so that they can take definitive points, definitive steps to move to the next level of the quadrant. For example, if your organization is still 100% manual, that means your organization is legacy procurement status. And the plan is to move to the strategic where you can you know, experiment with a little bit of automation, maybe not end-to-end, and then you can then move to e-procurement as you, you, know, you continue to grow up until you get to the integrated digital procurement status, which is the goal for every organization. Now, there are potentials that each of these uh, stages offer for your organization as you grow. And those potentials are very, very eminent and very key. And one thing that is important is that in the evolution of procurement, digital is the new wave. Thank you. That's an excellent explanation to the evolution of procurement. But then I think that before somebody embraces technology, he must, the person must understand the weaknesses and the pitfalls of 
the traditional way of procurement. So before we really delve deep downwards, I want you to at least get, make us know how this traditional way of procurement is not really helping enable companies gain value for money. And the reason why it is important for all companies move from traditional system to the digital system. Can you give us the pitfalls of this uh, traditional system so that at least they can understand why it is important to shift from this traditional system of procurement to the new that is coming out, that is the, the integrated digital systems. Can you just give a little explanation on that? Thank you very much, Joseph. As we all know today, the global health crisis has dealt a massive blow on not just um, our economy, but on our industries. We have witnessed the unprecedented turn of events that have wrecked havoc and disrupted the global supply chain. Even the recent blockage of the, the South Canal is an evidence to show that um, the traditional linear supply chain approach will not uh, be sustainable any longer. And it has really stopped being sustainable. So I wouldn't even say it will not be sustainable any longer. It is not a choice for any organization. You know, as new challenges evolve, we have discovered that the, the linear and the traditional supply chain model has inherent setbacks that will not enable any organization to achieve their business objective of meeting customer demand, which is the ultimate reason why every business exists. I will only talk about the four inherent that can be caused by traditional supply chain model or the linear um, supply chain model. The chief of them is that it is predominantly linear with single point of failure. So the mere fact that it is a linear straight line through supply chain with no visibility means that there is a single point of failure. It means that if anything happened at the warehouse, the last mile delivery is not even aware to take necessary proactive action. And if the production um, is, is having issues, the warehouse is not aware, and so on and so forth. So those, those uh, linear way of approaching procurement and supply chain introduces a single point of failure, which makes the organization not to be agile and resilient to meet the dynamic um, customer demand of today. Secondly, the traditional supply chain model is highly fragmented with poor supply chain mapping. In this model of supply chain that I'm describing today, the tier one suppliers are your suppliers that you know that are your database that you're interacting with. But there are tier two and tier three suppliers, which are your supplier suppliers or any other stakeholder that uh, introduces an input into whatever goods or services that you have requested from your tier one supplier. So the question today is your organization, does they have visibility to the activities of your tier two suppliers? Are they aware of the, of the impact that a failure in your tier two supplier could cause on the business? And how are they able to now develop a business continuity plan without having even a visibility to your tier suppliers. So linear supply chain is highly fragmented and there is actually no mapping at all. That means you cannot even, you're not aware of your other suppliers or other stakeholders within the value chain. The third uh, setback caused by the traditional supply chain model is related to what I just described, lack of end-to-end -end visibility. There is also no real-time status update. 
in today's world where there are a lot of interdependencies and both under the factors of production and throughout the supply uh, value chain, there is need for real-time status update. If your suppliers cannot communicate or you cannot see the status of um, your goods or your, your services from your suppliers, then there is a problem because it means that you cannot proactively plan to avert any form of disruption. You are not ready for resilience at all. The last one is reactive to disruption and it's also related to not being re resilient. Now, you know, that, that, that operating model where you have the traditional supply chain, no automation, no visibility, no supplier relationship management approach to how you engage your supplier means that you'll be reacting to disruption. So you are only taking action after the, after the disruption has happened because you have no knowledge, you have no idea or you have no visibility, no means to know what is going on within the entire supply chain outside of your tier one supplier. And what this means is that there is need to develop a new operating model. The new operating model needs to be designed in a relational manner to help supply chain practitioners envision, develop, and build digitally enabled capabilities required to transform the weak, non-agile, linear supply chain into a dynamic supply chain that has the critical capabilities such as resistance and recovery to be able to achieve resilience. Thank you. Wow. Thanks for the explanation for the, for the pitfalls of the traditional uh, procurement system. But then before we move on, I wanted to uh, give us a little explanation on the supply mapping. Excellent question, Joseph. Um, supply chain mapping um, has also become a bit more popular these days, given that um, the pandemic has revealed the inherent weakness and the approach that most of missions are taking to, the, to their supply chain. But I, I will not give you an academic explanation. I will give you an example. Imagine if I am a manufacturer um, of a laptop that relies on um, another manufacturer to provide me uh, a chip for me to manufacture my laptop. Now, um, in the traditional supply chain, I'm only aware of that supplier of chip. But the, the, the supplier that um, gives me chips have another supplier that provides the raw material, such as maybe semiconductors or you know, any other programmable logic uh, controller that is needed to manufacture that chip. Now, supplier mapping is a situation where you are collecting information about both your suppliers and the source of your suppliers, where your suppliers get their supplies. So that is why I normally use tier one, tier two, tier three, tier four. So your tier one supplier is the supplier that gives you the, the, the chip, but your tier two supplier is the supplier to the chip manufacturer that you are depending on such that if there is any failure um, with the semiconductor provider, your chip supplier cannot meet up with the deadline. And you as the laptop manufacturer will not also be able to meet up with your customer's demand. So supplier mapping simply is an activity undertaken by procurement and supply chain organization to understand and trace the source of their supply across the entire supply chain. So end-to-end -end supply chain 
you engage across the companies to document exactly where your suppliers are getting their products or input so that you can proactively plan for resilience in the event that your supplier supplier have a major disruption. Thank you. Wow. Thanks for the explanation on that, uh, Mr. Ifeni. So we, now we get to understand that it is very important for companies who really have this supply chain map so that they will get to know the supply supplier and how they be able to connect to be able to ensure that as and when there is a need from from the suppliers they'll be able to meet their demand right yes yeah it's very important joseph the need for um having a deep understanding of your entire supply chain ecosystem cannot be overemphasized again it has been reinforced from the whole global pandemic where if your supplier is not able to deliver the goods you've ordered from them when you probe further you discover that your supplier supplier is not actually able to even manufacture because maybe their plant has been shut down due to um, the pandemic or shortage of staff or shortage of an input to production. Anything that can actually disrupt the supply chain uh, beyond just um, you know your tier one supplier is a very important information that the organization need to know and plan about, have some business continuity plan around it to be able to build resilience. So thank you, Mr. Ifeni Ojo, for such an elaborate discussion on uh, the evolution of procurement. I think that we really, really understood why it is so important we change from these traditional models to the new way of doing procurement. Next on our episode, we'll be talking on how to transform procurement using emerging technologies. And we really go deep into how these technologies can help streamline procurement activities. So once again, thank you, Mr. Ojo, on uh, your time and your, uh, your, 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 your input today. Uh, I think we meet, we meet it the next time and we we'll talk about the, uh, how to use, uh, use technologies to transform uh, procurement in, in the age to come. So thank you for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Any final comments? Thank you, Joseph, and I look forward to, to having a further discussion with you on this topic. I appreciate the time, and thanks to our audience, and I hope uh, you've learned a thing or two. Uh, if you have any questions, you can always um, uh, send them directly to Joseph, and uh, we will try to provide the answers to you. Thank you very much. So this will bring our show to an end, and see you next week, same time. Bye-bye.